Today's guest is Renee. Renee had an amazing near-death experience where she encountered Jesus, and today we're going to learn about it. Renee, thank you so much for joining me, and welcome. Thank you, Jeff. It's my pleasure. Excited right. to be with you. Well, thank you. Um, all right. You know, my audience loves near-death experience stories, so let's start with the day that yours happened. Okay. I was driving off of Interstate 10 from uh, Lafayette, Louisiana, and I was in a cab. Do you mind? Can I show you the picture? Sure. Or should I? Okay, so I was in this little truck right here. Is it right? Oh, it's upside down. Here, and that's the massive pipe that hit me. It's a cab with a window, and we're driving to Alabama. Uh, my friend owns a trucking company, and he needs someone to help him because his guys were all over the United States. So after telling him no 20 times, he offered me money. And of course, that always works. Mm. So I went. And um, even though something was telling me not to go for a few days, I went. And when we got off of I-12 in Baton Rouge, before uh, getting to Shreveport, that pipe flew off of an 18-wheeler. It's a, actually a brake kit. His kit flew off going about 80 miles an hour and hit me in the chest and cut my chest wall open. And um, I basically remember hitting Aziz because we were gone about 70. And he didn't hear the noise because... I don't know why he didn't hear it. And I kept hitting him and he's like, what? And then he saw the window. And the amazing thing is before we got there, I was praying and he's Muslim. And he's like, why are you praying like this? And they kept asking me, I said, I just feel I need to pray that if something happens, my legs don't get broken and my face doesn't get damaged because I need those things to work. You know, um, he started laughing. He said, you have a sense of humor, even with God. But I was being serious. And um, when we got off, I saw that truck flying and he was going all over the road and he got off and I was like, oh, thank you, God. But then within 15 minutes, I saw him again and he was passing us up and the pipe broke and it just flew and hit me. And after I was hitting Aziz and we pulled over, the ambulance got there. And I remember going out before I was passing out and he would scream at me and it would get me up. And then the lady got me into the ambulance and she started cutting my clothes off. And like, there's the police officer man. And, you know, I'm just very modest, you know, and I was like, why do you have to do that? You know, just, it's just right here. Can't you leave my underwear on? Mm -hmm. And I just started to cry. And the next thing you know, bloop, I was out my body. Mm. I was in this cloud like being, he was holding me because I'm, I'm very childlike. Um, I have been very since uh, my cancer at two through my life, very since innocent, I don't want to see anything. So I kept hiding my eyes in the spirit. And so I didn't want to see, I kept saying, I didn't want to see. And this being was holding me. So it felt like soft clouds, just like cotton. I was filled with cotton. And all I felt was love. 
And I would just kept saying, I don't want to see. And then the next thing you know, I'm inside of um, an MRI, CAT scan, I don't even know. And I'm screaming. And the doctor says, it's going to be okay, Renee. I'm going to stop your pain in a minute. And ploop, I'm out my body again. Back into this fullness of love, this being, this presence. And I knew it was a male figure, not my mother, not my father. My father was sooner, but... Um, I wake up and the anesthesiologist is there and he's saying, um, I'm going to give you some medicine to stop all your pain. And then he put me under. This is where I had my experience where I went into the other side. Um, I don't remember traveling to get there. I think I remember this just seeing darkness and even in my spirit saying, I don't want to see, I don't want to see, you know, and like I'll close my spiritual eyes. And the next thing, you know, I woke up in this room size. I want to say it's room size. I don't know. I can't, there was no end or no beginning, but it, it felt like a room. It just felt condensed. And there were flowers that were singing to me and loving me. And, um, I knew that everything was going to be okay. And I knew that I was home and I wanted so much to just see everyone. I knew they were there. I could feel my ancestors. I don't even know who a lot of them are, but like I felt uh, the time periods of like the Vikings and like history. It was like when I felt them, I felt, their energy, their life, um, the Indians. I have Indian in my family and I felt their presence. And I kept wanting to go over. I kept saying, where are you? Where are you? You know, like, but I wasn't speaking. I was thinking all this. It was uh, just like they say, downloading uh, information and also thinking, thought transfer. And um, finally, um I saw a being and it was like another, uh, like the, like the, the walls of this room kept going forward and I saw a being and I began to weep. And, uh, at that point, I don't know what happened or who it was because they kind of hit that conversation from me. And so the next thing I know, I am back in that room and I'm waiting um, for someone to come. I know that someone's coming to speak to me. And so all of a sudden, I feel him coming towards me. And I'm on the, before he gets to me, I fall prostrated on my knees. But lying, I can't explain it. It was weird. It was, I know they, I know it was my body, but it was kind of like not my flesh. And I was laying prostrated and um, I was weeping and I was, it was Jesus. And he was in front of me, but to the side of me. And I could see everything that was going on. I was everywhere. I felt everything and I was weeping and I was telling him that I was sorry. I didn't do enough for him that I didn't tell enough people how much he 
that he loved them. So um, at this point, he walked past me. He had on this beautiful white robe, but it was made out of, um, his essence was white, but it was gold. Like a, 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 a what was it? you know, the screens, those tiny screens we grew up in Louisiana when we were younger, those screen doors that had those really little tiny holes. You can see it. Um, it. It was like a screen, very small, small screen. And I could see the gold. I could feel the gold. I knew the gold. I mean, it was like I was part of the gold on him. And um, he went to my side and he put his arm on his hand on me. And then it healed that pain that I was feeling. And he told me, and I could still, I was everywhere. And I could see everything that was going on. And he said to me, Renee, there's so much unforgiveness in the world. And I felt his soul, his being. I felt everything that, I don't know that I could say everybody, but I, I could feel the pain of his children. That's not millions. I, I mean, I don't know who's his children, who's not his children, but, and I, I know they're part of me because he told me they were, that we're all one. Uh, but I could feel their hurting and their anger and why they were hurting. It was like just someone took their hand and I felt, history of people's souls and he then told me he said my children are perishing because they're not reading my word and I said well you know there's so much corruption of your word and I'm like it's hard for people to understand and we go through so much there and you don't know who to believe and um I had you know, an experience where I feel like I got into a deeper part of his spirit. But um, when I was about 21, they call it receiving the Holy Spirit. And it, I, I received whatever it was, it was the right timing for me. But it, I want to clarify that uh, the Bible, um, everything that happened to me, it's, I can open it up in the book and it's there. But it's not harsh. It's not uh, this Old Testament kill people. It's not like that. It's forgiveness, love, peace, joy, embracing, feeding the hungry. You know, um, it's like when he told me that I saw everything that he meant. It's like he was showing me kindness and I, very visions that I would have. I would see uh, a man dressed, uh, helping a little girl who had lost um, her cat. You know, really, it's like a, a storybook unfolded. Um, helping a, a woman uh, put her groceries in a car when people passed by her. And, and she was dropping them because she was crippled. And um, so I... I got to experience that. And um, I said, why, why are we suffering so much? Well, don't you love us? I mean, why are you letting us suffer? And um, he told me that uh, people have choice and that he 
it, it had nothing to do with him. And certain things there are our life lessons. And that um, we, my parents had a choice. My father was an alcoholic and my mother was very passive. Um, and I never had a father. So I felt those father abandonment issues. So when I saw Jesus, he was like my dad, because he says that we belong to him. And so I, I didn't understand why he would allow us to go through that. But he then told me that, you know, we're here to learn that life is about learning and conquering. And when we stay connected to that light instead of the darkness, um, I don't want to go into the evil and the devil and all of that. Um, although I, I did experience them, um, but it's pure darkness People that have really bad energy doesn't mean that they're possessed by a demon. It's just they've had a hard life and they don't have enough love. And um, yeah, so that was it. But I, it feels like I'm, you know, he might have just chilled and spent five minutes with me, but I felt like I was there for a week because I felt all these things and I understood all these things. I also know that um, that we have the power to change a lot of our circumstances. Um, that's why I meditate now. And I, I do read the Bible and um, I try to love people where they're at in their life and not judge them. Judging people is and having expectations. That was one thing he showed me expectations. We put expectations on others. And when they don't meet our expectations, we get angry. But it's really all about me and what I expect. And I think that person doesn't want to be that person because uh, they're just selfish. But the reality is that they have their own issues. And um, when we stay in a dark place, it's hard to give love when you feel um, that, you know, are you working on a job where somebody's, your boss is bullying you all the time and you come home, you know, when someone's not there to, uh, wants love and they can't give it is because, um, they basically, uh, just don't have to give. And so God was, Jesus was just showing me, um, a little girl that had felt her mother had abandoned her and, he showed me they were at this family reunion and this little girl was about five, maybe four. And he showed me lots of people touching her. And every time they touched her, they sowed a seed into her life. And they were talking bad about her mom, kept touching everybody, all these people. And he showed me that these people had created her world with their words and um, that's basically um, my life lesson except you know I came back with a lot of gifts one of the gifts he did give me uh, was um, working with people who are dying he told me that my gift has always been love I've always uh, loved had the ability to love over love it was my weakness and my strength that I couldn't see 
um, that I love so much is even though several things would happen to me in my life, that love gift would get in the way as well. So um, I do a lot of work with people who are dying with cancer to prepare them for the things that I saw and uh, experienced with God and uh, Jesus and not about religion. Uh, religion cripples us. And um, so I was able to learn a lot in the sense that um, he wanted me to tell them about love and that religion is not always bad because some of us need that structure. We need that consistency. But he wants us to go higher. And that's through getting in a relationship with him. You got to leave a lot of those doctrines out the door and get to like, okay, I, you know, I want to know you. And uh, how do you know me? By spending time with me. And I know that a lot of people just, I never learned that. That's why I was Catholic first. My mother was Catholic and my father was Baptist and Southern Baptist, you know, hail, fire and brimstone. So I went from having uh, the priest spoke in Latin and not really having a lot of understanding of Jesus. And then also um, really none in the Catholic religion. And then Baptists uh, that uh, I didn't do such and such, I would die and go to hell. So that was it. I didn't see any place in heaven. So I, I was basically defeated, um, def defeated, excuse me. And deflated. <laughs> I just felt like I would never be good enough. And I think that's what happens with a lot of us. Um, and as I got older, um, um, my parents divorced. My mother uh, had a near-death experience for 45 minutes. Uh, and basically, that's when I turned to the Pentecostal religion. Someone prayed for her, and she lived 14 years after that with no lungs. So I experienced uh, that. And um, that's my faith. And God was there as well. I could feel his presence. It was massive. And, uh, oh, I did forget to tell you that uh, when I was coming back into my body, let's get past that. Um, when I was coming back into my body, I did come down uh, like a tunnel, but it wasn't dark. It was more like um, I was out in the stars, like the, the, the universe. But I would see these things flying by me. And I was like, oh, what is that? And um, I knew they were souls and um, they were going back. And um, I could also feel and hear people's prayers. Muslims, Catholics, Hindus, Buddhists. And I knew it. I knew their souls. I could feel them. I knew that we were all connected. We were all one. Um, I also was told that um, that the reason a lot of people are having uh, these new death experiences are because a, a different door has opened up, if I can say it that way. Um, things are changing and people are so desperate and that God is wanting uh, to, to the world, like, I, I, I know Jesus, I know God, but the love, he wants people to hear about these experiences and, and teach them um, 
I don't know anything about transcendental or mystics. I know what he taught me. Um, and uh, I just try to love people and I try to be a gift, a blessing. I go out a lot of times and just pay for people's groceries, you know, or um, someone's kids coming in from a Coca-Cola plant. You can see he's beaten trying to get a Coke at 10 o'clock at nine chips and a hot dog. And I'll pay for that. And, you know, um, it's been a blessing to me, uh, those things. And I still, I feel their joy. I came back with the ability to feel people, um, sadness. I, I just, when I died and I came back, I felt, um, my second, my first, um, uh, this indie, when I came back, I was so depressed um, for nine months. I wept, I cried, I didn't work, and I just wanted to die. But I knew that killing myself was not right. God was with me. He told me about, he told me the core of America would be shaken. Wow. And, um, you know, a lot of information that he gave me. And I, I just didn't know how to deal with all those things. I mean, there was weekly things that was happening. Um, I knew the core of America was what was going on right now with the Black Lives Matter movement, the police officer. Our America is being shaken. And it's because of who we are um, in, the, in the heavens or um, the country. Everybody looks at us and God's just trying to shake all those old, hardcore values that have been placed in us and he just wants us to to love to learn to love and i don't know how that's going to come but um one person at a time is what i believe mm -hmm. that if we can just love each other one at a time and, and be mindful he kept telling me you need to be mindful because i want to do 10 things at one time and not learn how to sit and be quiet and uh listen more and so i try to do those things um Anything else? <laughs> well, thank you for sharing all that with us, Renee. You're welcome. Is there anything about Jesus that surprised you? His unforgiveness and his, uh, when I was crying, um, I, I don't think that he forgave me. He made me understand that we, uh, we suffer the consequences of our actions here on earth. That when we get there, you know, the reason I felt that shame was because of where I came from. You know, we have all these emotions and feelings, but still they are um, embedded in our DNA, if that makes sense, in our spirit. That's what I was understanding. He was telling us that basically, like I said, when he, he touched me, he was still speaking to me even though it was just with his touch. Mm -hmm. And he was telling me, uh, Renee, you, when he called me daughter, you feel uh, you will reap the consequences basically of your actions when you're there. But what happens is those imprint on us and imprint on our souls. And so when that's what got me, I think that was the greatest thing about him that I felt that he wasn't judging me. And that it was hurting him that, you know, uh, I had to go through that 
you know, they say there's no pain in heaven. And I'm telling you, I was shocked. That's why I don't think I got into heaven. Like I didn't get, I don't feel like I went into that holy city um, because I wasn't meant to stay, but I was partially there. And I was like in the, this place of judgment of, or not judgment, um, like to look at my life. Um, now I do know, um, that, um, we will all, or I can, I saw an arena of people and, um, they were watching his sacrifice and I got to see a part of it, um, when they were bringing him up to, uh, be crucified. And like, then I was moved away from that. It's like I was going, my spirit was where it shouldn't have been. That's when I was in that waiting room. I saw this big, beautiful Coliseum and there were people there, uh, a a lot of people and, and they were watching them and they were excited and happy about his, his sacrifice and his crucifixion there wasn't any sadness there so that kind of surprised me um because i didn't feel sadness until i was with jesus in that one room um when i felt him coming and i was on my knees i didn't get up in the flowers i got up in this like white room but it, it wasn't a room but it felt like a room we were very close but when I looked up, there was just whiteness all around me, just white light. Um, so I, I knew, um, I said, what is that? And I was like, wow, they're wa-. I knew what it was as soon as I thought it afterwards, that they're watching. So I don't know if they do it as a group of people or what or when it happens, but they were watching and I saw part of it. And I, I remember the feeling I had, but um, he like took the the pain away. So um, that goes back to, you know, I guess uh, I thought we would be judged harshly in that. But I've understood that basically we judge ourselves hard enough. Yeah, I was going to ask you that because it sounds like you had a lot of shame and self-judgment and oh yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you feel up to sharing. Was there stuff that you did in your life that was truly that bad to be shameful for, or were you just overjudging yourself too hard? No, I, I, I there was a lot that happened to me as a child. Um, and my father was, um, uh, so abusive. We had to hide in a dog cage one time cause he shot a shotgun mm. at my mother. I mean, he was an abusive man and, um, we were always beaten until we were, we'd never be anything. We'd never amount to anything. And, um, yeah, so there was a lot of shame and, um, I was always unhappy. I don't feel that would be anything to be shameful over because it's not an action that's at your fault. It's like you were a victim of this person. I was a victim, but when you are a child and you're growing up and you're told these things, your brain is growing that way. That's what the Lord was showing me, Mm. you know, about the people that, um, the people that touch us in our lives. And, and my, my, 
father was, you know, was supposed to be my protector and love me. And so I always Jesus because I felt like, you know, I wasn't good enough. If I did these things, I wasn't good enough. And I came to learn that it was all the, my mother was so passive. I mean, my father beat that woman till, I, I mean, I can't even remember uh, part of my childhood till after seven. Um, you know, um, it's, I, I think the only remembrance I had was like, oh, we were talking earlier about the angel, but I don't remember any of that. It was horrifying. Um, I've blocked a lot of it out. And um, I, I went through a lot of counseling, but I didn't really start to live until I had these experiences in my life. And um, I married all the wrong men. Mm -hmm. And um, because, um, you know, we were talking about my last name is Abdul Ghani. I've always been attracted to strong men because my father was a strong man. And I was always attracted to strong, uh, those strong values. You know, you're brought up in men or, you know, strong and they're supposed to love, but I love their wives. And, you know, the way my father did is just what they call familiar spirits, the same spirit, soul energy that he had. And I repeated those things as well. Uh, till um, my last marriage, which he was my best friend in the world, but um, uh, and it's not Abdul Ghani, uh, his name uh, is Sam. Uh, I just never changed my name, I don't know why, but um, Sam, and he was my best friend, and he's the one that taught me love. He he really loved me so much. Um, but when we thought we'd get married, but when you uh, we realized it wasn't the right thing to do, but uh. It was nice because I felt unconditional love by him for 11 years. It was the best time in my life. That's great. Now, sometimes you talk about Jesus and then sometimes you talk about God. Are Jesus and God the same from your perspective or is God uh, different? God is different. God is the source. Okay. To me, this is how I understand it. I always understood, never had any problems about the blood and our creation. We were complete spirits. We always existed, always existed. We have his DNA. The trees have his DNA. Everything on this earth has God's DNA. It's alive. Um, except for like, you know, plastic foam stuff they're making. But anything that's living, it's alive and it's been imprinted with God's DNA. That's why people are like, uh, oh, our pets are in heaven. Yes pets are in heaven. I knew that Gypsy was there and Renee's pride, which was my horse. They were all there. I could feel them and I could feel their love. I could feel my little dog jumping up because it knew me. And um, Gypsy used to hide in the car when I go to work and I have to drive 20 miles to bring her back home and always be late. She didn't care. But anyway, um, I understood that those things uh, were who we are. And I understood that Jesus uh, had a role to play, but I also understood that he wanted to, that um, something to do with the blood. And I don't want to, like I said, I, I know so much, but I don't want to go off. But something about when we came down here and the darkness, um, there is something there. I just... Um, there's certain things God hasn't allowed me to understand, but 
I'm closer to my father because the first time I had that spiritual experience and I went to the Pentecostals of Lafayette and uh, I didn't get exposed to Jesus first. I got exposed to God and the way he exposed himself to me was he said, I am, I am. And I understood now what he meant by that. He always existed. He's always been there. And Jesus, I mean, I I love Jesus and I love what he did for me. And maybe it's just because I need that father more than I need Jesus. I love Jesus and I'm grateful for what he did for me. It hurts me, you know, because uh, whether you want to believe that he put his life on a cross for us, I believe he did it. Historically, it's been proven. There's, you know, a lot of information we don't get exposed to, but I do a lot of research and, um, but Jesus in the end is, uh, has the authority to, you know, um, we're his children. God gave him to us. And, um, I think that's where the power comes from his sacrifice. The thing is with the blood, it has something to do with the blood and the reason he came. And it's more when things existed long before us, like when, before we became flesh, Oh, and when I had my life review, see, we keep talking, but we're talking about the first one. We do the second one. But when I had my life review, I lost in thought because I wanted to, I know I should go there. When I had my life review, I didn't see me as a monkey or a gorilla. You know, I, I, I didn't, I wasn't a, an amoeba. I, I didn't see myself as that. Um, and uh, I didn't even get to experience my father's cruelty, but I, you know what I did experience? We had a bus driver, Mr. Malonsa, and we were some bad kids, but we weren't bad because I knew if I was going to be bad, oh my God, I wouldn't walk for a week. You know, I just knew that's how we were controlled. And so, but one day I was bad. I was, somebody was corrupting me on the bus, right? <laughs> and I said a bad word. It was the first time I said a bad word. And you know what? I felt everything that poor gentleman was feeling he was like 65 years old and not just him but I felt all the things these little kids all of us were doing to him you know and um it it just really hurt it hurt me and I wanted to go back and like find out where his grave is or and I don't know why because you know I could just send him love that's one thing I know that we can send love here just by spending getting into that realm um I, I saw uh, I saw my bad marriage and how I slept around on my first husband and he slept around on me, but I was 18. What are you going to do? You're free, you know, and uh, I, you felt his pain. And, and I, uh, I, I felt more, uh, I was very fortunate I fought a lot with my family more than I fought with other being. I was very passive, but I did feel a lot of arguments uh, within my sisters and my brothers. But my father used to make us fist fight since we were very little. I don't remember it. My mother said I was three years old and he hit me and he, he my, almost broke my cheekbone and she had to bring me to the hospital because my eyes were swollen. And I remember seeing him do that with my sister and brother a lot. And I think uh, my understanding was he was trying to make us tough, but um, he taught us to resent each other. You know what I'm saying? 
he, he, there was no love there. All we understood was to be competitive. And then I guess at that point, when you're three years old and your dad hits you in the face so hard, you probably, I don't know what happened to me. And I don't remember it, but you learn, you have to push those things down and just be that person who, that he's creating. I mean, I, I can't, I can't imagine that I went through those things because I, I just, I mean, when I was 21 and, and I received whatever that, that extra spirit, uh, I felt like when I was ready, that something unlocked in me that God said, you're strong enough now. You can move forward. You're ready to change. Cause I had a lot of anger in me at that point. And when I was, I remember lifting my hands and saying, I'm nothing without you. I knew that I had screwed up so far. So I was like, okay, I need you. This other religion, well, my third religion here, it's not working. And uh, at that point, I set up my timer for 53 minutes. Anyway, uh, I knew that um, religion was killing me. It was controlling like everything else. Art. It wasn't so much the controlling, but the way it was coming across, you know, it, we're never going to be good enough. We're never going to be good enough. I hate when they say that. And they still say it from the pulpit. What do you mean we're not good enough? This man died for us. We are good enough. Quit saying those things. People, get with the program. You mentioned earlier something about Satan and hell or the devil. Mm-hmm. Um, can I you, to can, see him. Will you um, tell us about that? Uh, that was my out-of-body experience right okay. before the accident happened. Okay, so the accident happened on April 26, 2016. My out-of-body experience happened on April the 21st, about 2 o'clock in the morning. Uh, remember, I, I said I felt like all week I felt like I shouldn't be going and do this. Um, well, I guess I was too stubborn and didn't listen uh, to the warnings. Um, that's being mindful as well as what God was trying to tell me. I just this feeling. Then all of a sudden, uh, my little grandbaby came with me. He was two years old and uh, he was sleeping with me in bed. And I got up to go to the bathroom. And from my bedroom, there's about five feet. And there's the little hall to my bathroom. It's not a hall. It's just a jump in the way it is. But anyway, um, I saw this beautiful creature uh, being, I'm sorry. She, uh, she had longer hair than I have now and it was gold. And she, she was like mercury. Have you ever seen mercury, how it moves and it changes? Her face went from like 15 years old to about 22. And I said, who are you? And she said, I'm you, but in the spirit, I said, okay, what do you want? And she said, I'm here to tell you that you're going to live or die, but whatever happens, it'll be fine. And I was like, what? And from that point on, I don't know if I was brought up into a creation or God let me go in time to the next five days, but I was in this hospital room with this big hospital uh, table, you know, those big oval board tables uh, with cherry oak that you see on TV all the time and the doctors, these conference rooms, they were, there was doctors and nurses there and um, I, they were looking over my case. They were trying to figure out, I guess, 
what they were going to do. And when I first got there, there was an I could see the angels. I call we call them angels, but they were beings and they were in the form of women. And I'm standing up at this, the edge of the table. And this being comes up to me and says, Renee, whatever happens, you'll live or die, but everything will be fine. Whatever happens, everything will be fine. Of course, she only repeated it once, but that's very important. Let me stick to that. This is what she said. Whatever happens, Renee, you will be fine. So I looked at her and then I just moved. I don't know why. It's like I knew what I had to do. So I went into the middle of the table and there was a being sitting down next to a doctor. And she was whispering in his ear. And she looked at me and she said, Renee, whatever happens, everything will be fine. You'll live or die, but whatever happens, you'll be fine. And then a nurse walked in front of her, in front of me, and she said something else, and I I couldn't hear it. So after the nurse left, I said, what did you say? I didn't hear what you, the second part. And she told me, she said, I cannot repeat it. The word of God is sacred, and to repeat it would be, would change it. That's what she told me. So I don't know what the second part was, and I guess I wasn't meant to know. Otherwise, the nurse wouldn't have been there. So I'm at the other edge of the table. And there's another nurse. I'm sorry, angel. There's a nurse right there. And there's another angel that comes up to me. And she says, Renee, you'll live or die. But whatever happens, everything will be fine. And I think it's because I am so uh, in love with my grandchildren. I brought a lot of pain I think to my own children, unfortunately, not pain that I beat them or it was nothing like that. It's just I didn't have that love soul connection like a mother has. Um, and I did. I spalled them in everything, but it just wasn't that connection, I guess, because my parents, my mother, my mother told me on her when I was 18 because she was afraid I was going to be a lesbian that she always thought she was a lesbian. How confusing is that, you know? And so, I mean, I, I, I ran the gamut. But anyway, um, I didn't love my children the way I knew. I didn't know how to love them. I mean, I was a kid. So um, my grandchildren became like my own children. And believe me, my son and my daughter-in-law let me just have the floor with them. And so I didn't want to leave them. I didn't want to leave my son. I didn't want to leave my daughter. I finally was in a place where I knew how to give that love. And, um, so, uh, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought, but anyway, getting to my grandkids, um, I think that's why they kept telling me everything would be fine. You would think they'd give me longer words or something, but that's all they said. It would be fine. So after she told me this, I see a lot of people coming towards me and I just look to the left and it's uh, Brian, my high school crush guy on me and all kinds of people. And then I look back to my right. I knew a being was there, but it wasn't there a second ago. And it was this gold chair with purple velvet um, cushion. And when I first looked at him, I thought he was beautiful. He was like, um, I want to say, um, like from an African descent, you know how they have the, they're very thin, but 
really those tribal men built. And, uh, but as I looked at him, his face was um, like moldy and he, he just got uglier and like more grotesque, not ugly, just was changing in front of me. And um, he said, who are all those people? And I knew that he didn't have the right to be there. He had to ask permission. I just knew it. Something inside of me told me. And I told him, I said, well, when a person dies, their you know, their um, friends and family come to pay their respects or say goodbye, whatever needs to be done. And he said, he didn't even talk. He just kind of shook his head like he acknowledged the information. And then, boop, I woke up. So that was uh, my autobody experience. But, um, yeah, it, I believe that's how our spirit is. I really believed uh, my spirit, the way I looked, um, was probably still that little kid. I'm 54, but I, I you know, never really started growing up till a few years ago. So I think my spirit, uh, whatever knowledge I had at that time was uh, – imparted on me was the way I was looking when I started to, as I grew and learned, I, I, I don't know how to make it make sense, but you know, as a, you grow, your child grows and grows and grows. I think I wasn't old. My spirit wasn't old, but I could see moments uh, inside of myself. If that makes sense, things that had happened. And um, yeah, it was an intense out of out experience. So I got up and uh, I started writing my, family letters. I thought I was going to have lymphosarcoma again, the same thing whenever uh, I was young, but come to find out, you know, it wasn't, I wasn't going to end up with that cancer again. I got hit by the pipe going down the road. Wow. Yeah, Jeff, there's so much, I need to write it down and all like I told you earlier, one word in the spirit is a thousand things that gentleman you had on, uh, what's his name? I wrote it down. Uh, Kadam, 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 something. Uh, Kadam, Kadam, There were things he said in there that made a lot of sense and that um, I didn't know how to put into words, you know. Um, a lot of it was, I liked him, he was funny. I could really feel his energy. I feel a lot of them. I start praying for them whenever you're, and prayer, Jesus already told me, prayer is not always there are times when you fast when people fast or they meditate it doesn't always have to be he honors any type of fast but it's just drawing closer and getting to that light the spiritual realm the next realm um we you can go really deep um so meditating is awesome i wish um, people could learn how to do it um and just learn to sit in the quietness because we hear things and um that's what the Lord told me. He said, you're so busy. You can't even hear me. Uh, I'm right there and you can't hear me. And, um, but, uh, oh, and I did see my angel. I did see, uh, my angel when I came back from the hospital, mm-hmm. there was a, um, young man or I call him an angel. I don't know if he's an angel. I found out that, um, that, uh, our family members can come back and visit us. And and we even have some that are allowed to be our guardian angels. 
So yeah, I have a lot of um, like not visitations, but like um, downloading still. And um, I had to ask the Lord who that was. And he didn't tell me when I first got back. And um, probably because I was on pain medicine. And, you know, when he's speaking, he likes you to grasp everything. And, but about a week later, um, I knew that it was one of my great, great grandfathers that was watching over me. So I call him an angel, but uh, no, I knew that he came down and um, how ironic I had a father that didn't know love and was abusive. And my great, great grandfather came down to take care of me. So, um, yeah. So in what way from your near death experience, do you feel that you are spiritually transformed? Knowledgeable. I, I know a lot more about, um, my brothers and sisters that are around me. When I came back uh, from that accident, I was depressed for nine months and I didn't want to live. I wanted to die. And I was like, I don't want to go through this. But I knew that I was not allowed to. I was not allowed to hurt myself. That it, it, He didn't say that basically you're going to die and go to hell or anything. But I knew that I was not allowed and this would grieve. Why were you so depressed? Because you were stuck back on earth and heaven was yeah, so amazing? I didn't, I didn't understand that, but I, I found that out uh, in December 19th when I came back from uh, that NDE. When we go in heaven, we're pure again. We, 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 can bring, we can't bring the actual experiences with us. Our flesh isn't going our spirit is going. So I was like reborn back into this body. And when I got here, I was like, oh, no, no, this isn't my life. No, this isn't what I chose for myself. No, you're, you're kidding. And I didn't know for the first time in my life, I really felt fear because I didn't come back and I wasn't reborn. I came back into my body as a what, 50, 49 year old. And uh, I had lost a lot of my experiences, but I remembered it. I didn't remember my college. I didn't remember all the stupid courses I took to help me excel in life. Um, I didn't. So I was like, how am I going to take care of myself? You know, I forgot a lot of information. And then finally, after about nine months, when all these um, visions, that's how God speaks to me. He gives me like moving pictures and um i said okay you got to do something for me here because i'm dying i'm like you have if you're gonna leave me here i have to learn how to live here again and i remember crying so hard that night and it was about my alarm went off and i went back to sleep hit dose for about 15 minutes and when i was opening my eyes i was caught in between that spiritual realm and the flesh and I saw this massive angel. The wings were three quarters the size of my room. And I just saw the wings and the, it was like it was covered in feathers. And he or the angel was blowing on my forehead. And then when I woke up that morning, I didn't have that sadness anymore. Hmm. I was healed. And a lot of the, uh, whatever I was feeling, of missing home had been he they, the lord healed me from that 
or blocked it or whatever. But another thing too, is that a lot of people don't know um, our, our spirit. We, even though, and I think a lot of it ha- time happens when we're asleep at night. Uh, it goes, it, it has the right to enter back into that spiritual room. And uh, I didn't know I was doing that until, like I said, the second time around, but uh, I'd spend a lot of times taking care of my neighbor. She had dementia and um, she'd wake me up in the morning and my hands would be up and I'd be, I didn't know what I was doing. My hands up, I kept having my hands up. She kept waking me. How can you sleep with your hands up? She said, I've been sitting here watching you drinking my coffee from the room and your hands have been up for an hour. That's why I can't woke you up. I was afraid you'd get cramps. And I said, were they? No pain, anything. Um, but then I came to understand when I had my life review, even then what I was doing, I was praising God. I was praising the being my father. When you were just speaking a few minutes ago, you said that, or you said something like, I can't believe I chose this. And I mm-hmm. used yeah. the word chose. So are you saying that you chose this life that you have now? Yes, we all choose it. See, but the thing is, see, that was in my second NDE. We didn't, we, we're not going to get enough time to uh, to cover tonight, but we all choose it. Uh, we do sit down. Uh, we do understand. We do have counselors. We do have angels that protect us, and they sit down with us, and we get to choose these things. And um, what what we don't understand is the experience. Right. But when we go back, we do. And then if you're allowed to come back, or some are, um, you grow. That's our point. Some people want uh, to come back and uh, grow and reach their PhD Mm -hmm. of whatever they need a challenge they need to meet in their life. I try not to talk about, you know, a lot of that because I try to stay focused on people that are in religion and, you know, only you have to prepare people in teaching. But my son that died from bone cancer at 26 uh, was reincarnated. Hmm. He came and told me that when I had my that He asked God to let him come back and um, overcome uh the problems that he couldn't overcome in his life, the challenge. Hmm. So, yeah. And um, uh, talk about Pentecostal Catholic. But the thing is, it's impressed on you. You know, it's true. It's not like someone's mean you are talking and these people are here. So you have people that are choose to believe and not believe um, when you're in the spiritual realm, it's truth. But all I felt there was truth and love in there. So. All right. I'm going to switch gears on you. You are a fellow YouTube content creator. So <laughs> what is the name of your YouTube channel? Oh, it's just, it's, it's under uh, Sydney Robinson. Sydney Robinson. Sydney Robinson. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, Sydney's my middle name and, uh, I, I used that a lot more uh, when I was in California. Mm-hmm. Instead of Renee, it ended up being that way because we had three Renees. And then when I came back here, they didn't know me as Renee. <laughs> so they were probably just calling me Sydney, Sydney. 
Um, and they kind of, after a few years, about five years, I started coming back, Renee, Renee. So, um, but it's Sydney Robinson. Uh, and uh, I have, uh, you know, a little conversation, but uh, I'm just starting to um, feel like I'm being led. This is my journey now. And that's one thing I did want to say. I realized that all the choices where I was unhappy wasn't really on my path. It wasn't where I needed to be. When I decided not to get married, again, I was like 40. My sister said, oh, my God, you're wasting your youth. What is wrong with you? And I'm like, I've been married my whole life. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I had time to focus on me and uh and, and I'm not saying that marriage is bad, but it also helped me to learn to grow into me. And um, then I also had the Holy Spirit, like they call it. Um, and I grew a lot more and I'm still growing. But now I feel like I want to help people. When I came back, people are scared of dying and um, there's no fear. And God wants them to know there's no fear. And he wants to break down those strongholds what they've been taught all their life so that he can heal. A lot of people don't get healed. Um, oh my God, we're going into that last one, but uh, a lot of people don't heal because of the fact that um, they've been taught certain things, but the healing's there to happen. All right. After seeing this podcast, people may want to reach out to you personally. Are you a public person like that? And if so, how would oh, they, con- yes, how do they contact you? They can contact me through my email. Um, they can type here at podcast. I don't mind putting my email up. It's Wayward Guides, W-A-Y-W-A-R-D-G-U-I-D-E-S-D-E-S-2016 at gmail.com. Wayward Guides. Um, wayward is what they used to call um, Jesus. Wayward, the people that first, way back in the days, Wayward. They just means the light. So we're new, unique things. So I just show Wayward Guides 2016 at Gmail. And then um, also this podcast that I'll watch over and over and over and over. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, we are running out of time. So before we finish up, can you give us one last message? Just be mindful of people. Just try to be mindful of yourself first. And forgive. Oh, my God. Forgive and forgive yourself. Don't carry that junk into tomorrow. All you're doing is holding yourself hostage. Just forgive yourself. And it happens in a week, sometimes a month. But if you keep saying, okay, you did it. Can't change it. I'm sorry that I hurt you, Renee. That's my spirit. Mm -hmm hearing and healing that's how we do it that's how i was taught to do it and then you know after about a week or so i don't feel that pain anymore uh, about certain things like you know somebody hitting my car <laughs> you know you're angry and then you let it go and you realize it's just another it's a car it's just a car get another one well thank you for that message And Renee, thank thank you you for sharing with us today. And maybe we'll get you back to talk about your other NDE. Oh, I hope so. It's going to blow your mind a little. But of course, everything we talk about blows our mind, right, Jeff? We're NDEs, OBEs. 
Well, I haven't experienced one, but I mean... Oh, we're going to have to send you those vibes. Maybe I, just the OBE, right? No indie. Right. All right, Renee. Well, I wish you the best and have a great evening. Thank you, evening. Thanks, you too. Thanks for staying up with me. You have a good night. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara Podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.